You're gonna learn when autophagy starts during a fast, how to measure autophagy, why we don't want too much autophagy, and all about this amazing process within the body. My name is Ben Azadi. I am the best-selling author of three books, founder of Keto Camp. Here at Keto Camp, we're on a mission to educate and to inspire one billion people on planet Earth. I wanna thank you so much for joining me today. Let's break down what exactly autophagy is. The Greek definition for autophagy is eat thyself. I know that sounds kind of disgusting, but it's actually a very magnificent process that goes on in the body, and we'll talk about when it's activated, but I want to give you an analogy here, a couple of analogies for you to really understand what autophagy is. I want you to envision right now the refrigerator that you have inside of your kitchen. You're opening up that refrigerator and you see all these groceries inside of it, right? Every grocery has an expiration date on it. What would happen if you let all the groceries inside of your refrigerator expire, but you don't throw them out? You just push them towards the back of the fridge, kind of put them in the, the drawers underneath or inside the fridge. Then you go buy fresh groceries, take them back home, open up that fridge, put the fresh groceries in front of the old expired groceries and close that door. Uh, it's gonna be disgusting. Mold, bacteria, disease will manifest in that refrigerator. Well, guess what? Your body has cells, proteins, mitochondria, fat within it that require, that have expiration dates on them and they require recycling and regenerating. And that's exactly what autophagy does. Autophagy is that process of throwing out the junk your body is so stinking smart. You are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. And within your body, you have something called the innate intelligence. You know, there's no pill, no surgery, no supplement that could replace this innate intelligence. This innate intelligence is activated with autophagy. When you're not eating food, like during a fast, intermittent fasting, guess what happens? Your body's not getting food energy, so it will need to get energy from somewhere. So it activates this autophagy process and it looks for these damaged cells, expired cells. They're also called senescent zombie cells that have been causing inflammation in your body and your body uses that for fuel first, which is an incredible thing. Think about that. Your body is so smart that it goes for the bad stuff first. Think of Pac-Man going within your cells, cleaning out the mitochondria, in intracellular Pac-Man. And here's what the body does. If it has determined that a cell cannot be repaired, that the mitochondria is just destroyed, this cell has no function, it is what it's called a senescent cell, and the body signals something called apoptosis, which is programmed cell death, aka cell suicide. So the body will just get rid of that cell altogether and then produce a stem cell. That's right, you don't have to pay thousands of dollars for stem cells, your body does it naturally through autophagy and apoptosis. And all of this is happening without you even thinking about it, without you having to do anything but not eat food. So the, the another analogy I'm gonna give you is, think about a ship that is going through the Atlantic Ocean. Picture a cargo ship that is going through the ocean and all of a sudden it's encountering a storm and it's taking on all this water, right? So I'm gonna compare that storm and that stress to a fast. It is a stress to the body, but a good stress. So now the ship is taking on all this water and the captain of the ship, what is he gonna do? He's gonna order all crew members to go 
and look for cargo on this ship, cargo that has been damaged, cargo that is not important, dump it off the ship so we could get through the storm. That's what your body is doing during a fast. Out of the 70 trillion cells in your body, 70 billion of them are required to be recycled and regenerated every single day. And that's what's happening. So the question is, when does autophagy start during a fast? There's not concrete science around when autophagy begins, but here's my hypothesis. I would hypothesis, I would guess, that autophagy begins around the 16-hour mark of a fast. The reason I say that is because it takes about 14 to 18 hours just to process a food. Isn't that crazy? There was a study done at the University of Virginia, and Dr. Zach Bush talked about this on my Keto Camp podcast interview with him. This study was conducted on college students, and what they did, they wanted to take these college students and see, okay, let's track how long it will take for these 800 calories of a standard American diet, which in this case was pizza from Mellow Mushroom Pizza in Virginia, and they wanted to track how long it took to digest these food calories inside the body of these college students. Guess how long it took for it to enter the small intestine, not even fully digested. It took 14 hours. The thing that even blows my mind even more is that they were college students. They were younger. And the younger you are, the faster your digestive system is in general. So the older you are, the slower that is. So it takes about 14 to 18 hours to process food. Once your body gets rid of that, you start entering the state of autophagy where your body doesn't have food energy that's being digested, so it goes for that junk inside the body. I would also venture to guess that you could achieve autophagy much faster if you enter a fast in the, uh, a ketosis state, in a ketogenic state, because you would have low glycogen stores and you would deplete that faster during the fast. That's why I love pairing keto and fasting. And hey, I have a whole bunch of videos and I have a 10-part series on how to do keto, but this video is more about fasting. Now, the next question is, how do you measure autophagy? Okay, there's a few ways that I use and I teach the members of my Keto Camp Academy. You could measure your blood glucose and your blood ketones. Uh, I use a machine called Keto Mojo and they, you just finger prick and it gives you a glucose in your ketones. I, you know, In general, if you see your glucose dropping during a fast and your ketones rising, you are entering or you are in a state of autophagy. That's not 100% accurate, but you have a good idea that you're getting autophagy. There is a great researcher out there. His name is Dr. Thomas Seafried, who wrote the book Cancer as a Metabolic Disease. And get, his work is incredible. He's actually seen a lot of tumors shrink before his eyes through autophagy. And here's a quote from Dr. Thomas Seafried. If you were to complete a seven-day water-only fast once per year, you would reduce your chances of any cancer by 95%. Are you kidding me? Think about that. That's because they're getting something called maximum autophagy. And when you do a block fast three or more days, you are likely to achieve this maximum autophagy. So here's how you calculate that. I hope you're taking notes here. This is where you want to really write down these numbers. In order to see if you're achieving maximum autophagy, you want to get your blood glucose. Let's take the number 72. Let's say your fasting glucose is 72, which is pretty good. And let's divide that by 18. We're going to get that number. And then we're going to compare that to your blood ketones. 
And if you have a one-to-one -one ratio of blood glucose to blood ketones, you're in this maximum autophagy state where Dr. Thomas Seafried has actually seen tumors shrink before his eyes. So your blood, so let's say your 72 divided by 18 is four. If your ketones are four or higher, you're in this maximum autophagy state where your body is just crushing damaged cells, you're crushing fat cells, you're inducing autophagy when you have this maximum autophagy ratio. When I did a five-day water fast a couple years ago, my glucose dropped around 52, but my ketones were above 5.0, so I was well within this maximum autophagy range. Uh, the next thing we wanna talk about is, is more autophagy better, right? Autophagy is a great process, I just taught you that, but is more autophagy better? Um, so let's talk a little bit about these two pathways in the body. This is such a cool thing. The body has either two directions that it's being pushed. Either we're going through a pathway called mTOR. mTOR stands for mechanistic target of rapamycin. That signifies growth. It's the growth pathway. It is anabolic. Think of mTOR as bodybuilders. They're in a constant mTOR state. They're constantly duplicating cells. They're, they're building, they're anabolic. mTOR is super healing when it comes in spurts, but when mTOR is spiked all the time, that can lead to cancer growth and aging much, much faster. That's why I always say, if you wanna age faster than anybody you know, eat every two to three hours, you'll develop more disease and you'll age much faster than anybody in your neighborhood. The opposite of mTOR is a process called autophagy. We just explained that process. It is more catabolic. It is repairing. Now, you might be thinking, wouldn't we want to get autophagy all the time? The more autophagy, the better. The answer is no, because once your body is done eating the bad stuff, cleaning up the bad junk, it's going to need to get energy from somewhere, and the innate, the innate intelligence will look for the good stuff. It could weaken your immune system. You could lose some extra muscle, not good. So there is a delicate dance here between mTOR and autophagy. I'm writing a book called Keto Flex, and I teach you how to do all this, and I have a whole bunch of videos on my YouTube channel all about keto flexing, but keto flexing is all about that balance between mTOR, anabolic growth, and autophagy, repairing and breaking down. So once you understand this and you start implementing spurts of mTOR, spurts of autophagy with intermittent fasting, your body will crush fat cells for sure. You'll lose body fat, absolutely. But that is a side effect of getting healthy. Your body's gonna reduce inflammation. It could turn off autoimmune genes so it could help reverse diseases like autoimmune. So I'll give you a couple of my favorite ways to get autophagy on a, on a daily basis and not get too much of it to have a good balance. I like an 18-6 schedule uh, on a daily basis, meaning 18 hours out of a 24-hour period, you're fasting, you're just having water and sea salt, right? You're getting that autophagy, you're crushing fat cells. And then you have a six-hour eating window where you have plenty of healthy protein, keto-friendly meals to get more of the mTOR. And then I like throwing in a 24-hour fast once or twice per week to get even more autophagy. And if you wanna go for a block fast three or more days, I like that once per quarter. Uh, just take caution with the block fast. You gotta know what you're doing, work with somebody. It's a powerful tool, but you gotta know how to use that tool. There's other ways to get autophagy, by the way. Exercise is a fantastic way to induce autophagy. When you exercise, 
your body is going to crush bad cells. It's going to activate AMPK and then autophagy and also apoptosis. So when you're sore from a workout, like I'm sore right now, I had a good workout yesterday, that's autophagy. So, oh yeah, autophagy, I feel that. So if you want to get the double bang for your buck when it comes to autophagy, exercise in the fasted state. Going into a workout on an empty stomach, you'll get more autophagy. There are also specific ingredients that you could consume and activate autophagy. Turmeric is one of them. There are some mushrooms like reishi mushroom, green tea extract can do it. And there's other compounds. I have some videos that I put together on ways to achieve autophagy without fasting. Or you can see in the notes, I put three videos there for you to check out. There are other ways to get autophagy. The next thing I wanna let you know is that I'm doing a webinar, a masterclass to dive even deeper into fasting, into keto, and it's called the Art of Fasting webinar. It's gonna take place in December, perfect to help you understand this before the year comes up in 2021. If you head to benazadiwebinar.com, you could get your spot secured for this upcoming webinar. We are capping this out a thousand people. So the first thousand people who sign up will get in. You'll get some free gifts for joining and we'll have a great time. It'll be a 60 minute masterclass, even deeper into fasting and autophagy. I'm gonna teach you beginner strategies, advanced strategies. So let's open it up to Q&A here. I wanna make sure I answer as many questions as possible. So Emma says, some say women should not do intermittent fasting as much every day. What is your take? Yeah, great question, Emma. Intermittent fasting should be done differently for women versus men. For example, if you are a cycling woman, if you have a monthly period, I do recommend the five to seven days before your monthly cycle to not practice much fasting, get out of ketosis, do more paleo healthy carbs, because the five to seven days leading up to the monthly cycle is when progesterone and estrogen begin to dip low. And if, you, if, you, if it remains low, it could result in uh, uh, heavy periods and just not feeling as good. You're gonna have food cravings, but carbohydrates, healthy carbs and insulin help make these hormonal conversions so you can have a healthy monthly, monthly cycle and feel much better. That's why a lot of females, they experience cravings the week leading up to their period. It's their innate intelligence teaching them or showing them, hey, we want some carbs, we want some insulin, we wanna get that insulin spike to make these hormonal conversions. So that's one example right there. I have seen men do better with more fast than women, but women could definitely practice fasting. I did a great interview with Cynthia Thurlow all about fasting for women. You could find that on my Keto Camp podcast and here on the Keto Camp YouTube channel as well. Can you build muscle on an alternate day fasting schedule, says JG? Absolutely, because when you practice fasting, your body is going to raise human growth hormone, which is muscle building, muscle preserving, and fat burning. So as long as on, on, on the days that you are eating, you're feasting, you're having plenty of protein, and you're making sure your digestive system is breaking down those nutrients, you'll build muscle. And then also make sure you're getting quality sleep. That's also important for building muscle. So absolutely, it can be done. Joseph Shawa says, does high fasting blood sugar on a ketogenic diet have the same negative effect on mTOR? Yeah, it's a good question, Joseph. So anytime you see your, your glucose go up, if your glucose is high or going up, it's negating the autophagy, right? So you do want your fasting glucose to be in that optimal range to get more of the autophagy. The, the optimal range of your glucose in the fasted state is between about 70 to 90. 
unless you're doing more of a block fast, you'll see your glucose drop even lower. But 70 to 90 would be a good range to hit for blood glucose in the fasted state and know that if you're hitting that range, uh, you're, getting, you're getting autophagy. Chances are you're getting autophagy. Jessica Jackson, what about a 48-hour fast once a week along with OMAD feast days on eating days? Yeah, that's a great option, especially if you have extra body fat you want to lose. The only thing is that you want to make sure when you're eating, you're feasting. And when you're not eating, you're fasting. So make sure you follow that cycle because all 70 trillion cells in the human body, they're hardwired for feast famine cycles. My mentor, Dr. Daniel Pompa talks about this all the time. He talked about it in his book, Beyond Fasting. If we follow the way that our ancestors lived, these feast famine cycles, we're going to burn fat. We're going to reduce inflammation. We're going to live way past hundred years old, disease free. So these are awesome questions. What's the best sweeteners to use in green tea? Says Johnny English. I like stevia, pure stevia and monk fruit. Those are good, uh, sugar replacements right there. I don't like sucralose and aspartame. Those are not my favorite sweeteners. So those are my, my, my favorite ones on there. Can too much fasting cause hair loss? Yes, it can, Jessica. The thyroid uh, has two hormones. Well, you have the T4 hormone, which is the inactive form of thyroid. And then you have the T3 hormone, which is the active version of thyroid. T4 needs to be converted to T3 so you can burn fat, you can feel good. But when you fast too much, if you get too much autophagy, you, this conversion starts to dysfunction and it can result in hair loss. So, and also keep in mind, fasting is a stressor. And if you do a lot of fasting and you already have a lot of stress in your life, your body will lose hair because it will not care about losing hair. It will care about prioritizing other things. So yes, there is a delicate balance here that we want to achieve between mTOR and um, autophagy. If you're a woman on perimenopause or menopause, you mentioned doing more flex days. How often do you do a flex days? And if it's done days in a row? Yeah, so it'll depend on how much extra body fat you have. I like, I'm gonna give you the 511 rule for you, uh, for anybody who is a female postmenopausal or menopausal, uh, perimenopausal, excuse me. The 511 rule is as such, five days out of the week, you're doing an 18-6 daily intermittent fasting schedule. 18 hours fasting and then six hours eating. So six hour eating window with two meals. Ideally, you want those to be keto friendly meals. And then you have the other day, which is a 24 hour water fast to get more of the autophagy. And that final day is your keto flex day, your keto feast day, where you do high healthy carbs, more protein, no fasting. So I like that 5-1-1 rule for you, Milena. That's a great long-term approach. Dermot says, would you recommend the carnivore diet? Absolutely. I have a 40 day, I did it for 40 days over the summer and I documented my entire experience and I did a video on it. I went over all my lab work day one versus day 40. It helped turn, shut down my autoimmune uh, gene. So I do love it for a short term tool. I have an entire 30 day pillar in my Keto Camp Academy and how to do carnivore the right way. If you didn't see my YouTube video on my carnivore experience, 40 days, go watch it. It's there on my YouTube channel. Manuka honey, that could be good for your flex days, your higher carb days, but it's not keto friendly. But I do like it for a, a flex day for sure. Can one be sure that ketone triggers autophagy? Well, like I said, there's no certain way to know, Daniel, but if you are hitting the optimal fasting glucose range, which is 70 to 90, and your ketones are above 0 0.5, 0 0.8, 
I would venture to guess you're getting autophagy. Yes, I would say that's a good guess. If anybody gives you crap saying, hey, you're fasting, you're starving yourself, what are you doing? Ask them if they know anything about counter-regulatory hormones. And what they're gonna say is, what's that? <laughs> There's a big difference between cutting calories and eating small frequent meals throughout the day and cutting calories with, with, with fasting because when you fast, your body's gonna raise counter-regulatory hormones and it's, gonna, it's going to prevent the, the, the metabolism from shutting down. There was a study that showed after four days of consecutive water fasting, the metabolism was more efficient by 13%. So yeah, there, those people who tell you fasting is crazy, you know what's gonna happen is that they're the same people who go outside and they go yell at birds and teach birds how, they lecture birds on how to fly. <laughs> it doesn't work. All right, so if you wanna get signed up for my webinar, The Art of Fasting is taking place December, go to benazadiwebinar.com. I am grateful for you keto campers. I am grateful we were able to go over 114,000 or 113,000 subscribers here on YouTube, top 15 podcast. I'm dedicated to getting this information out there and I just want to say how grateful I am that you enjoy this information. Please share this with a friend, text it to somebody, message it to somebody, share it on your Facebook, share it on your Twitter. The more you share it, the more it tells the algorithms that this should be shown to more people and I believe this information is the information that's going to save our planet, it's going to save these disgusting trends when it comes to cancer and obesity and diabetes. So please share it. Have an amazing day. Love you all, Keto Camper. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own. And this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.